0: Before we get started on the podcast, let me take a minute and talk to you about Boyer's Coffee, the original legendary Rocky Mountain roaster. They've been roasting right here in Denver for over 50 years. And if you're a coffee aficionado, and I am, man, if you haven't tried Boyer's, do yourself a favor and try them. They've been roasting at altitude for a long time, making the coffee super smooth, and most importantly, it's local. Their coffee is roasted daily and delivered fresh weekly to your grocery store. You can also find Boyer's at Walmart and Sam's Club. Here's a Boyer coffee fun fact did you know that ordering coffee from boyerscoffee.com allows you to get coffee shipped straight to your home? As true. You can also order varieties of coffees that are not in the grocery store, like coconut cream, chocolate mousse, or southern pecan. I love that. Also a reminder, the Boyer's food truck promotions at 73rd and Washington are the last Friday of every month. That's buy one, get one free drinks. And the last Saturday of the month is buy more bags, save more. Buy two bags, save 10%. Buy three bags, save 15%. Then how about this? Buy four bags, you save 20%. Boyer's Coffee. Enjoy a cup today
1: episode of the Dave Logan Podcast with Julie Brownman, Dave drops some deep down Broncos nuggets with a blast from the past.
2: Okay, what did Three Amigos, Ricky and Attil, 83? Ooh,
0: you're taking me way back.
1: Plus, what was his first piece of sports memorabilia?
0: I got for Christmas from my mom and dad was a red single bar face mask helmet Uh of Kyle Rote. You've probably never heard of Kyle Rose. You're
1: right. What do you make of Peyton Manning's comments about working out with Drew Locke?
0: Peyton is a guy that firmly believes that, you know, what you do in the offseason, how you prepare for the season, I mean, that's ultimately going to decide what kind of player you are.
1: Dave doesn't hold back on his Drew Locke analysis.
0: If he's the guy, he's got to be better with his decision making, like, a lot better this year. How are we feeling about the Abs and Nuggets playoff runs?
2: Before we go, do you want to make any playoff predictions for the Abs or Nuggets?
1: And of course, you need an Aaron Rodgers update.
0: I've asked them. Do you get a sense there's any movement with Aaron at all, and the answer both of them come up with is absolutely not.
1: All that and more on this episode of the Dave Logan Podcast. This is the Dave Logan Podcast.
0: And now we welcome you to the Dave Logan Podcast, Dave Logan and Julie Brownman, podcast number, ooh, I did not think about this before we sat down, um, 80-something, 82. 81. 81, okay.
2: Which leads to the most famous Bronco with 81 on their jersey. It's easy breezy. Steve Watson? Yep. He just had a birthday the other day. Where did
0: Steve Watson go to college? asked the play-by-play voice of the Broncos to a huge Steve, a lifelong Steve Watson fan.
2: Texas A&M.
0: No. I'll give you a hint. Okay. Bill Cosby. The same Bill Cosby that is still in prison. (laughs) Well, jail and prison are two different things. He's in prison.
2: I don't know where I'm, I don't know where Bill Cosby, who knows where Bill Cosby went to? Oh, it's the East Coast.
0: Uh, yeah. I don't know. Temple.
2: Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Temple. That's right. I knew that.
0: Steve Watson's nickname. The Blade. Not The Blade. Blade. Blade.
2: (laughs) Okay. What other 81s are there?
0: Oh, 81. Uh, Did Mike Pritchard wear 81 when he was here? I think so. The former CU buff? Yeah. I think Pritch wore 81. Tim Patrick. Yeah. Obviously now. I'm thinking back into the when I played, mid seventies to mid eighties, eighty one. Did Jack Dolbin <laughs> wear eighty one? Do you even know who Jack no, Dolbin is? You
2: look at me like I would know.
0: Well, I mean, you are a lifelong Broncos fan. Jack Dolbin in the first Super Bowl the Broncos played in mm-hmm. started at wide receiver opposite of Haven Moses. I know Haven. Yeah.
2: Okay. What did? Um, okay, the Three Amigos. Ricky Nattiel. Was he eighty three?
0: Ooh, you're taking me way back. Uh, Mark Jackson Vance, jo- Vance Johnson was 82. was 82. Mark Jackson was, was he 86? I should know that. I saw Mark Jackson this past weekend. Oh, God. I do think Ricky Nateel I think Ricky Nathiel was 84.
2: Well, we'll have to get back to that. Because I don't want to spend the whole time reading his Wikipedia.
0: No, we, we don't, we don't want to do that.
2: No, but I used to have their poster.
0: Of course you did. The <laughs> yeah. three amigos mm-hmm. dressed in the sombrero mm-hmm. standing by. That was a pretty cool poster.
2: What sports poster did you have growing up?
0: Gosh, I, I the the first sort of sports thing that I remember I got for Christmas from my mom and dad was a red single bar face mask helmet uh-huh. of Kyle Rote. You've probably never heard of Kyle Rote. You're right. Uh, Kyle Rowe played for the New York Giants back in the, whatever, 60s. But I kept that helmet. I don't know where that helmet is today. Probably still have it somewhere. I -hmm. kept that helmet forever. That was like the coolest Christmas present ever. Do you remember any posters, though? I collected cards more than posters. So I still have a slew of football and baseball cards that I collected when I was a kid. In Mm -hmm. fact, I've started the process, and it will be a long one. Of I've kept them in filing cabinets. I'm taking you know, the cabinets out one by one and mm-hmm. looking at the cars and decide I need to take them to a sports collectible shop and just say, hey, take a look at these just in case I've got any of them that might be worth, oh, I don't know, $4 million. <laughs> you know bye what I mean? Bye-bye.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Before we start, officially start the podcast. Haven't we done me, that already? Yes. But look me in the eye and tell me you did not have a Farrah Fawcett poster.
0: I, I never had a Farrah Fawcett poster. I'm not saying I didn't like the poster. Uh-huh. I, I remember exactly what poster you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. But I will say this. I was more of a Kate Jackson or Jacqueline Smith fan than Farrah Fawcett.
2: The dark hair, smarter. Yeah,
0: well, I don't know about it. I think Farrah was pretty smart. You disparaging the dead?
2: <laughs> no, don't make me go down that. I, Kate Jackson was like the smart Love Kate
0: Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Jacqueline, Jacqueline, was it Jacqueline Smith? Jacqueline Smith, yeah. yeah. She Loved had her it going too. on.
2: Uh, Did you see the – you probably knew about this before, but there was an article over the weekend that Drew Locke has – we kind of knew this, that he had met with Peyton Manning. Yeah. But Peyton finally started talking about it. I think they met twice. When I was reading that article, I was thinking, you know what? So Peyton – and very Peyton-like is like, well, you know, in retirement, it gives me just an excuse to go and watch tape. I don't think Peyton Manning does anything that Peyton Manning doesn't want to do. He must see something, something in Drew Locke that he wants to invest his time. I'm not sure Peyton Manning would have done that with, say, Paxton Lynch, right?
0: Huh, interesting point. I think that, um, first of all, I think Peyton loves football. I think right. he loves, and and I I don't know that I've ever been around a guy or met a guy that loves the process more than Peyton Manning does and is a firm believer of the process. And Peyton is a guy that firmly believes that, you know, what you do in the off season, how you prepare for the season, I mean, that's ultimately going to decide what kind of player you are. Are you right. willing to put in the work? And so, I, you know, I just looked at it as though he's here in Denver, locks the quarterback of Denver. Um, why not make available a couple of times uh, yourself to watch film or to sit with a guy and watch film and tell him what you look at? I mean, that would be – I mean, for a young quarterback, I mean, you can't put a price tag on that. You're sitting with – A Hall of Fame quarterback, one of the best to ever play the game, watching film, and he's going over what he looks for and what what maybe, and I'm guessing some of this, but I'm quite certain it's true, what he looks for before the snap and how he identifies things and what gives him an idea, you know, what coverage you're going to be in before the ball is snapped. I I talked, and I've I've told this story before, I talked with um, Josh McDaniels about Peyton Manning and. Josh relayed a story to me that they were playing the Colts in Indianapolis. And and I'll be brief with this because I, th- I think I've told this on this podcast. If I have, I apologize. And if not, you're in for a good story. <laughs> so they work on the defensive side of the ball, works on coming up with a blitz that they've never run before. Because Peyton, he said, Peyton was famous for going back once he knew you know who they were going to play who the defensive coordinator was he'd go back years and years before and research what blitz packages you liked and so he said bill wanted a blitz that they've never ever run ever and so they come up with one and it required You know, the two, he said, we had a young safety plan. And he said, as you know, I mean, you get into a blitz, the last thing you want to do is show early what it is. So we're in the third quarter of the game in Indianapolis. And I hear they they dial up, they dial up this blitz. And he said, he later, the defensive coordinator was telling the story. He said, so I'm watching. And Peyton breaks the huddle. He comes up. He does all the gyrations of the line of scrimmage. I'm in the headset saying, don't show, don't show, don't show. He said, and, and this is a podcast, and so I'm I'm now standing up. But he said the safety, it was a young guy, and the safety, he said both safeties, n- neither of them were, mo- they didn't move an inch. He said, and Peyton's up, and he looks down, looks and starts barking stuff, and all of a sudden he said, the youngest safety walked like two steps and froze. And he said as soon as he did that, he said it was like a German Shepherd puppy. Peyton was like a German Shepherd puppy who just heard the whistle. And he immediately looked right at the safety. So now the defensive coordinator knows goes on the headphones, no, 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 no. we did too early. Get out of this, get out of this, get out of this. Well, there's no time to get out of it. Uh-huh. And the moral of the story is Peyton changed the play and threw a touchdown.
2: So that's how
0: smart Peyton Manning was with respect to football. maybe. I mean, honestly, there have been some great quarterbacks. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks I've ever seen, one of the greatest of all time. But in terms of being one of the most smart quarterbacks and understanding things and being able to control things from a line of scrimmage, honestly, he may be the best that's ever lived.
2: So if you're a Bronco fan, and it looks like we're going to the season as of now with Drew Locke, And Teddy Bridgewater. You should feel good. Why would you say that? Well, because we'll get to Aaron Rodgers later. Nothing's happened with Aaron Rodgers as of this taping.
0: Yeah, it's not June.
2: Well, it's June tomorrow. But okay, we'll talk about that in a sec. You should feel good about what Peyton Manning had to say about Drew Locke. Because he I don't think Peyton... There's no reason. He's not with the Broncos anymore. He has no affiliation with Drew other than spending this time with him. He said, listen, I." he has to be accountable for his mistakes. But I what he didn't have is I had an offensive coordinator for 13 years. He hasn't had that kind of stability. He had to deal with COVID where the first time he could beat with Pat Shermer was in August. He's like, that's crazy. So it sounded to me, it wasn't like Peyton was building a case for drew, but it was nice to hear somebody that doesn't have to say those things kind of offer and throw that out there for drew.
0: Well, I mean, Peyton is not the kind of guy that's going to kill drew Locke or anybody else. He's just not going to say anything,
2: right? But he chose to say those things. Yeah,
0: and I and I think what he said, I mean, there's truth to it, right? I mean, we everybody did experience COVID, and he hasn't had, you know, a stability situation with the offensive coordinator. So I think I think what he said is true, but in the NFL, Peyton also realizes that, I mean, you're judged you're judged on how you play, and there may be extenuating circumstances that help you play one way or the other. But ultimately, you're judged on it. It's the, I mean, it's the NFL. It's not college. It's not high school football. And reality, the reality of this is that Drew's got to make better decisions coming up if he's a starting quarterback for the Broncos, and if the Broncos are going to get to the playoffs. And th- this is a team, you know, the narrative coming out of UC Health Center this year is that hey, we have a playoff ready team. We just need to have better play at quarterback. A- again, I'm not, I'm. I- I, I'm not ready to say that I completely agree with the narrative that man, this is without a doubt a playoff team, and who knows how far they can go if they just get better quarterback play. They have to have better quarterback play, but I think they also have to improve. They have to improve, you know, up front. Um, to me, they've got to improve on the scheme, right? And how do you get the ball into into the playmakers' hands? I, I'd like to see Pat Shermer you know, be better in that regard. But Peyton, you know, that's, hey, you can hang your hat on it. It's certainly, I think Drew needs some positivity in the offseason because he probably hasn't heard much. But, again, to get back to reality, if Drew's the guy, and maybe he will be if the Rodgers thing doesn't happen, and maybe if he beats out Teddy Bridgewater or whatever, I mean, he's got to make better decisions. you got to know when to throw the ball away, live to fight another day. Don't roll to, you know, and I keep going back to the opening drive of a game late in the season. They drive right down the field, and he's got a first, first down uh, inside the 20, and he gets flushed and rolls to his left and throws the ball back against the grain to a receiver that was completely covered. And the ball gets deflected up into the air, and the other team intercepts it. Man, You can't, I mean, it's real simple. You can't make that throw, period no excuses no nothing it's not the coordinator's fault you have to eat that ball and i think drew is smart enough to understand that uh and get better with it but he's got to, he's if he's the guy he's got to be better with his decision making like a lot better this year
2: how would you describe teddy bridgewater's decision making
0: Uh, His decision-making, I think, has been pretty sound. If you look at his touchdown-to-interception ratio over his career, Mm -hmm. uh, he's not a guy that that historically has pushed the ball down the field much. And that's sort of the acknowledged M.O. of Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer, at least the the sort of reputation that he has garnered uh, being a coordinator in this league is that he likes – To run the ball, he likes to take shots downfield. Well, Drew Locke, to me, would be better physically um, capable of being that guy. But at this point, you know, Vic Fangio and the rest of the staff, they want a guy that's not going to get them beat, right? I mean, if you don't turn the ball over, if you don't lead the league in turnovers – you got a much better chance to win a few more games.
2: You know, we talk so much about what players have to improve, and it's specifically about Drew Locke, but we really haven't talked about Vic Fangio. And I couldn't tell you right now a specific play, but I remember a specific game. I do remember last year, there were some question marks about his play calling. Do you think there's room for improvement and his decision-making as well?
0: I, I think there were some question marks about his clock management.
2: Clock management.
0: Listen, I, 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 I'm biased in this because I really like Vic. But I've been around a lot of football people over the last, whatever, 40-plus years. I've been around the National Football League for over 40 years, either as a player or a broadcaster. And uh, this guy is a very, very smart and creative defensive guy. He is. He's really good at what he does. Now, I'm you know, the first two years, yeah, there have been times where, you know, a clock management situation you sort of look back retrospectively and say, well, what, what, you know, what were you doing? So I I think it's like anything else. He's been a coordinator or a position coach his entire career. This is his first opportunity to be a head coach. And I think there's a learning curve even in the NFL for anybody doing anything for the first time, whether it's a rookie quarterback, or rookie coordinator, you know, you've been a really good receiver coach or running backs coach or offensive line coach. Now all of a sudden uh, the coordinator moves on, takes the head job and the head coach says, Hey, uh, I'm going to let you be the coordinator this year. Okay. So I, I know the offense pretty well, right? Because I was the receiver coach. I mean, I know all the concepts. I'll familiarize myself with the running game. But then, and that's fine. You can do that in the offseason, feel pretty good, and be really prepared to go into the season. I mean, you get in the season where it's really different and where you cannot replicate it is the speed of the game that you're in the box or, or on the sideline and you're looking at that sheet. And you have to come up with an idea and then have another idea ready to go in case that one doesn't work. And then as first and 10 call, okay, now i got to be prepared. First and 10 snap hadn't even taken place. All right, what do I like in second and six? Uh, what do I like if second, okay, what, uh, we got sack, second, 16. Damn. Um, now you got to look down into your second long category and look at the probably 20 selections. Come up with the one you want. Being a really good play caller, not necessarily play designer, but caller, is just a rhythm of it. It's a feel. You know, you just look out there. You you understand the game. You see certain things. You know how to put them into play. Uh, but it, it doesn't happen overnight. So, yes, Vic, I think, will improve. Um, the biggest improvement for the Broncos this year has to be two things. One, stop turning the ball over on offense. I don't care if you don't improve in any other category. But they have to be about middle of the pack. They cannot be dead last in turnovers. And two, on the other side of the ball, they got to create more turnovers. I mean, Vic came in here with the reputation of being this turnover guru as a defensive coordinator, and we haven't seen it Mm -hmm. in the first two years. Now, I I think sometimes turnovers come in bunches. Some coaches talk about them all the time. Other guys don't talk about them because they feel like they're jinxing uh, their ability to get them. But they have to find a way – and, and all that is, is, you know what, running to the ball, it's simple. It's like you hear it in high school. Run your ass to the ball. Don't expect somebody else to make the tackle, right? It's hustle. It's getting pass rush. It's knocking the ball free. It's first guy make the tackle, second guy come in and rip the ball. All the things that they work on on a daily basis in practice but some of that needs to come to fruition this fall.
2: Well, technically they should have the pieces with hopefully a healthy Vaughn, Riley Chubb coming back. You've got this these cornerbacks, some new cornerbacks that if they can force whatever quarterback that is to make a, a hasty pass, you should have this like, you know, amazing set of safety safety and cornerbacks to do that. Yep.
0: So yeah, I'll tell you this. They they spend a lot of money on defense. Mm-hmm. They're in the top five of NFL teams, thirty-two teams in terms of money spent on defense. So now, you know what you create the schemes. Now your players go out and play. I've always, be- I've been a players guy forever, right? Coaches get fired when you don't win games, but the reason you don't win games is either you missed in the draft and free agency, and your players are not as good as they need to be, or your players aren't aren't playing up to what they should be. And I think there's a little bit of both for this Broncos defense.
2: When we come back on the Dave Logan podcast, tell me something about the Aaron Rodgers situation I don't already know. Can you do that?
0: Is that a rhetorical question for me?
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm putting you on the Well, spot. let me think about it.
0: We're going to a break.
2: The Dave Logan Podcast can be found at iHeart, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Remember to download, and if you like what you hear, share with your friends and subscribe. Remember, you can log on to our website, thedaveloganpodcast.com. Go to the Contact tab to ask us questions. We'll read them on the podcast. Most every question is fair game. Just keep it classy. It's thedaveloganpodcast.com, or you can send your question directly to us on Twitter, at DaveLoganPod or at JulieBrown1.
0: Time to tell you about one of our great sponsors, Molly's Spirits. We had a chance to visit their location in Greenwood Village at I-25 in Arapaho. Take the tour, visit with some of the staff. Man, that, that store is awesome! It is huge, thirty-five thousand square feet of an amazing selection of beer, wine, and spirits. And like their motto says, it really is a land of adult beverage discovery. Of course, they have all your favorite selections, but they encourage you to broaden your horizons and try some of their unique selections that they offer. They have a sommelier to help with your wine choices and a Cicerone for your beer selections. And while sometimes it can be tough at the other larger liquor stores to find somebody to help you, not the case at Molly's. They make sure they always have people standing by to assist you and answer any of your questions. We had a chance to walk around and look at the unique collaborations Molly's offers with up-and-coming Colorado breweries, wineries, and distilleries. We also discovered this cool option of building your own six-pack from all of the amazing beers molly's has this is even cooler select your favorite beers and get 25 percent off your six-pack there's so many special things about molly's there's the bonfire room that has so many unique beers you don't see any place else there's the very popular ready-to-drink cocktails that are all ready to go and aisles dedicated to colorado beers wines and whiskey so many ways to enjoy molly's spirits just head to one of their two locations 44th and harland or where we were, their DTC location, next to Sprouts off of Arapahoe and I-25. Or, better yet, you can have them deliver right to your doorstep. Order at mollyspirits.com. mollyspirits.com. Their delivery area covers Denver and Greenwood Village and much of the surrounding area, and it only costs a flat fee of $5 with a minimum twenty nine ninety nine order. Can't beat it. Molly Spirits, a land of adult beverage discovery. If you're interested in saving money, man, now is a great time. American financing is giving you a significant opportunity to save tons of money on your mortgage if you own a home. And there's nothing wrong with saving money, right? Rates remain near historic lows, and that can reduce your monthly payments by hundreds of dollars, maybe even $1,000 a month. Stop and think about what you could do with an extra grand in your pocket every month. So many options, right? So why not do something about it and make that happen? I've been talking about American Financing for the past five years. Call them today, 303-695-7000. Again, 303-695-7000. You can find them online at AmericanFinancing.net. You'll get a free mortgage review, and also then let them take a look at your current loan to see if they can offer you something better that will start immediately saving you money. And if you have outstanding debt like credit card or personal loans, why not let them review that as well? They are experts in this. Their loan experts can customize a new loan to save you maybe up to thousand dollars a month. And we know you have a choice of which mortgage company to go with. And I know personally there's so many reasons to go with American Financing. They have an A plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, with over 5,500 Google reviews. There are also never any upfront fees, unlike some lenders are going to charge you 500 bucks a month simply to pre-qualify. American Financing makes it as convenient for you as possible with evening and weekend hours to meet your schedule, and they work hard to create custom loans designed around your needs. So give them a call today, 303-695-7000, or find them online at AmericanFinancing.net. You'll be glad you did. NMLS 182334, regulated by the Division of Real Estate. Welcome back to the Dave Logan Podcast. Dave Logan and Julie Brownman, once again. And again, let me take this opportunity, as I try to, every podcast to thank uh, those that have downloaded this. We continue to see uh, really nice growth in this. God it bless is a you grassroots people. effort, right? We're not really. Out there pushing this thing and advertising. <laughs> we don't have anybody in, to push in and a big, big way, <laughs> right? And we don't have anybody to do that. But you know what? Hopefully, you're enjoying that, and uh, we appreciate it.
2: And honestly, and thank you very much to our sponsors that I believe, of course, that believe in us, American Financing and Boyers and Molly's. That's uh, spirits. Really, it means a lot. Um, okay, so tell me. So we are taping Just this. Just tell me.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I, my headphones fell off. What did you say? <laughs>
2: Tell me the significance of June 1st when it comes to Aaron Rodgers.
0: June 1st, should they decide to move Aaron Rodgers, his uh, salary cap hit. They'd be able to diminish that a bit because it would not all count this year. So part of it would count this year in terms of, of uh, dead money. And part of it would be pushed into next year. So there, there's a there's a numbers advantage for them to wait till after June 1st. And, I mean, the Packers so far have done exactly what we all thought they would do. Tell everybody in the world, we're not trading Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. And tried everything they could possibly think of to persuade Aaron Rodgers that Green Bay is the place for him. We've talked about this ad nauseum. And they're probably still going to continue that. And the Packers may say, okay, well, we're not trading him. And will just, I mean, privately, I think they would say, we'll see how dug in is he, he is. Because when he starts missing mandatory practices, and then money, you know, comes out of his pocket, and the fines get fairly sizable if he decides to miss training camp, so... It's
2: $50,000 a day yep. when you get to training camp. Right now, there's a mini camp coming up. If he misses all three days, which is, looks like he will, it's going to cost him 100 grand. 90 okay. Grand.
0: And, and he gives up, he had a bonus, uh, a workout bonus, that if he went to these... OTAs he made five hundred thousand, so he forfeits that. Damn. So, so I've monitored this and continue to check in with the the couple of people that that I have talked about, and I've asked them, do you do you you get a sense there's any movement with Aaron at all? And the answer both of them come up with is absolutely not. But I'm not silly enough to not say that, or, or to say that there might not be some, when money, real money starts to come out of his pocket, that would that could that persuade him to change his mind? I suppose. But if I, again, I we sit here today in the last day of May, if you said you have $1,000 coming out of your bank account and you have to bet as to whether Aaron Rodgers is playing in Green Bay this year, I would take that $1,000 and bet no. Really? I I know others in the media here in Denver are saying, oh, they've got him locked up. There's no way for him to get out. He sooner or later has to come in. And You know what? I say, maybe, maybe so. I think it's 65-35, I've said this on the air, that Aaron Rodgers is playing quarterback for the Broncos this fall. Now, others have said, not going to happen. Very little chance. I've heard 15% to 85 that he's not coming. Uh, So, I don't know. I mean, they they could be right. It, it, It will take a lot for... You know, for him to get out of there, that's going to take a lot. And then the Broncos, if in fact the Packers finally come to the conclusion to trade him, the Broncos have to be smart about you know negotiating that thing, right? Packers ask for the world. The Broncos only want to give up a a couple of smaller planets,
2: right? But if the Packers are willing to trade him and ask for the world, that means they've reached a decision that they can't keep them, of course. So there is a little advantage to – it's not like they're like, well, we don't see what we want out there. Once you start that –
0: Well, if they get to that, that point, they have to create, whether it's an illusion or not, that Denver's not the only team interested.
2: And I think they're right. I mean, there's got to be a couple of I mean, you, now,
0: now you hear New Orleans kind of popped up. Yeah. But if you're Green Bay, if you're Mark Murphy, the president, or Brian Gutenkoos the general manager, and, and you finally come to the conclusion like, we got to deal with this dude – you want to deal him to the Packers no. or I mean the Saints no. or the Broncos. You don't want to put him in the same conference that you play in.
2: Do you think Brian Gutenkoost is feeling really solid about his job? I mean, this is a guy I got no that way of knowing. The the ownership is going to if it heads this way, is going to decide our GM is more important than a future Hall of Famer. Well It happened here in Colorado I mean, Mark, when they Mark, did that with Nolan.
0: Mark Murphy has already said, and Mark Murphy's the president, and Mark's a former player. Gutenkoost I don't think, Guttenkust. is. Murphy said, listen, we're not, we're not making a move on Brian Gutenkoost. That's off wow. the board. So, I mean, they have to eventually, it just sometimes takes them a while to get there. They have to get to the realization that if he's not coming back, well, listen, he's 37 years old. I mean, how much longer were you going to keep him? Right? Three, four years, maybe. And I think they have to come to that realization. We're, we're not We're not ever going to let a player say... And, and two, I want to make sure I'm clear with this. I've never seen or read or heard anything about Aaron Rodgers saying, I want Brian gutenkus fired, and if you fire him, I'm going to come back.
2: Yeah, I've never heard that either. So That's...
0: I, I just... We'll see. It all depends on how tough Rodgers wants to be in terms of being dug in and saying, I don't really care... I mean, I've, I've been told that Rodgers right now, the mindset of Aaron Rodgers is, I want to be traded, and if you don't trade me, I'm not playing this year. And if you think I'm kidding, I'm just not going to play in 2021. And if that's his mindset and it's real, the Packers have to get to the realization that they're not going to be able to get any more for him than they would right now. Now. So even though you don't like it, when you get put in that position, you know, what do you do? Well, we test Rogers. We test to see really, really, you want to sit out? So we let him sit out. We let the fines start to pile up. We don't go to training camp. So maybe they maybe they don't deal, maybe they don't do anything until July. Maybe they wait until August. But it's gonna be it's a game of chicken. And all I can tell you, I don't know Aaron Rodgers personally. But the two guys that I've talked to, one knows him very well, and said, They're they're kidding themselves that they think this dude's coming in. He's not coming back.
2: Would you bet that thousand dollars that he's coming to Denver? Because if so, I'm gonna
0: No. I, oh. I well, I mean, if if I take another thousand, if uh-huh. I won the first thousand, <laughs> yeah. that he's not gonna come back, and then the Packers now have said, okay, we're gonna trade him, then I absolutely would take $1000 and say of the teams that are interested in mm-hmm. where will he go I'll put $1000 it's Denver
2: What an awesome tradition they would be starting you have John Elway then you take in Peyton Manning then you take in Aaron Rodgers
0: That's three pretty good quarterbacks what the three Hall of Fame quarterbacks beep. Yeah that very few franchises in the NFL 32 teams can say I mean very there are plenty that don't have two Hall of Fame quarterbacks I mean the Niners do right with Joe Montana and Steve Young yeah, But how many other franchise Cowboys probably well, do, Roger Staubach, Troy Aikman.
2: The Packers did. Steelers,
0: uh, wait, Steelers have Terry, Terry Bradshaw. Bradshaw.
2: Roethlisberger.
0: Roethlisberger will be in the Hall of Fame, so that's there. Colts have Peyton Manning, uh, you know, had Andrew Luck not retired. I don't know if he played long enough to, to get in, but he was a Hall of Fame player. Minnesota, Friend Tarkington, yeah. I mean, you, you yeah, get yeah. my point, right? You got to stop. Most don't have two, and if this deal fell perfectly and actually happened, the Broncos could claim that we've had three Hall of Fame quarterbacks.
2: Where's the ownership in all this? Are they just sitting back, worrying about their, ownership for the Broncos? They're just like nothing to do, nothing to do,
0: nothing to do. I mean, the i mean the the, the guy who's probably monitoring this, not on a daily basis, but probably on an hourly mm-hmm. basis—is George Payton. Now, he's not going to say anything, but you know, you know, those phone lines are burning up. Mm-hmm. I want to be, hey, you know, I know you guys aren't going to trade him, but just in case, I want to be your first call. Okay, can, can we agree on that? I mean, so you've got, I mean, you've got to be setting the table if you think you're fixing to have, you know, Thanksgiving dinner. You got to get the plates out, right? You can't you let the bird the turkey, can't let the bird be delivered without <laughs> any plates. So I think I think any interested team is probably setting setting the table. The table.
2: Mm-hmm. Damn, that's exciting! Uh, before we go, do you want to make any playoff predictions for the Avs or Nuggets? Yeah, don't be sad when you talk about the Nuggets.
0: I I would take watch the Avs last night. They mm-hmm. destroyed Vegas, but Reeves.
2: Mm that's getting ugly that's going to get ugly.
0: He's a big strong dude now. I I'm, I'm, went back and I, I just love this time of year for hockey. Went back and looked a little bit. He's 6'1" 2 and a quarter and you know, I'm not sure anybody, you know, there aren't many people that really want to take him on. He's he's an enforcer, but, yeah. he, but he's a cheap shot. Yeah. Just a cheap shot. I mean, the, the previous series, he had somebody from behind and drove their face into the goal post. Right. Um well, hey
2: man, if if you get beat 7 to 1 and that's the only thing that you can do, Good luck with that. Yeah, he'll take him on, Gabe will take him on.
0: I don't want Lance Scott. I don't either. I, I but don't he want would. That. There's other guys on the team. But no, I think this. I think uh, the Avs should expect the the Golden Knights to come out in game two and probably play much better. Fleury more than likely will be in the net mm-hmm. for Vegas. And so, I mean, you know it's going to be physical. You know. And so you just have to, I mean, the Avs are at their best, obviously. When they are freewheeling and skating and Vegas, like everybody else, has to try to find a way to slow them down a bit.
2: Yeah, I was a bit surprised at that score. I didn't think it was going to yeah, be Yeah, I mean, like
0: Vegas, that. again, seven-game series against Minnesota, right? Avs played four games, so they've been sitting waiting. They they just had a step and a half on them. They just look like a much faster hockey team.
2: So this is interesting as we wrap up the podcast. The Nugget Series with Portland is tied up at two after losing to Portland 115-95. to 95. What the hell?
0: What, I mean, really? Did you see that game?
2: I did not. I but- did. This is what Michael Malone, and I've heard this from Michael Malone before. About he said, "I can't believe we're talking about players have effort in a playoff game." This is a little consistent with his teams. It is. If you look back in the last few years, he gets pissed. I don't blame
0: him. I I like Michael Malone a lot. Mm -hmm. I like his honesty. I think he's done a great job here. Mm -hmm. Coaches don't want to coach effort.
2: No, they They want to coach
0: execution. Yeah, right. If I have to coach effort. I mean, I'm a high school football coach. And I probably say that, you know, a couple times every year. I'm not I, If I have to coach effort, I just got the wrong guys. I'll just get somebody else in. If you can't run your ass across the field, if I see, you will know, go back and watch film. If I see this pointed out in front of the whole team, this right here gets our ass beat mm-hmm. right here. It's the one thing so you can't control. They, they, they were soft and honestly... I said before the game, you're going to find out about the character of your team. Because you go up there in game three, you don't play great, but you know you get a great performance in the fourth quarter from, uh, from Rivers, Austin Rivers, right? He has whatever he had, like 16 points, made four or five three-point shots, and so you steal a game. Now, if, if you've got the right mindset, you say, you know what? We're going to stomp on these dudes. This next game, and we're going to go up three games to one, right? But instead, you come out so lackadaisical. They didn't have any sort of defensive intensity. They didn't play as hard as you have to play.
2: That's where they also miss Jamal Murray because he's got that step on your throat kind of mentality. And we knew this.
0: Yeah, I I, I guess, you know, I mean, they missed Jamal Murray. I mean, this is a guy that went for 50. Yeah. In the playoffs last year, he can get a lot of points quickly. But I just was disappointed with the overall effort, and I applaud Michael Malone after the game saying, "Man," it, and somebody tried to give him an easy question about, "Hey, can you take any solace in the fact, you know, you guys?" And he said, "No, and we're, we're we're talking about trying to find a silver lining when you get your ass kicked." He just said it like it was. He's the best. Yeah. So, and I think he did that on purpose. I think he did that with the idea like. I want them to hear how I feel about this. And I want them to know that I've made it public. And I want them to understand that if we, if it's the best of three series right now. If you don't come out and it's all about defense, if you don't come out with the kind of effort and energy and intensity that you need for the game, they're going to lose this series.
2: Next week, what are we talking about? Nuggets moving on
0: man it's the best of three, and Denver has two home games. you know you think back what was a couple of years ago and and the Nuggets had a three two lead over Portland, right? They go to Portland, lose game six, come home to Denver, and lose game seven. yep, so I think right now, without Jamal Murray, Portland's certainly offensive ability is better, it's more dangerous. They have more guys that can shoot the ball but um no i think denver i think denver can win i don't think they're going to portland and win so they better win game 5 here coming up this week because if you lose game 5 at home i think the series ends in game 6 but i think they can win game 5 go to portland for 6 probably not probably not win come back for game 7 and just find a way to you know want it more than portland does
2: god i love the playoffs better too I, anything to say as we leave
0: Anything to say.
2: Yeah. How do you want to end the podcast? I usually have to end it, so. All
0: right. Au revoir. Au revoir. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is pulling you in the center of the action with endless ways to make it rain this week. Sports betting has never been this convenient. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from anywhere the app is available. And if you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new players a deposit bonus of up to $1,000 when signing up using promo code LOGAN, my last name. DraftKings Sportsbook has endless ways for you to bet, from live betting to betting on your favorite players they really do it all check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day this week to cash in on their daily odds boosts new boosts are posted every single day for all the biggest sporting events DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure. It's really easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money whenever you want to. Download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code Logan, L-O-G-A-N, when you sign up and get up to 1000 dollars That's code Logan to get a deposit bonus of up to 1000 dollars for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be twenty-one or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call one 800 522 4700.